Welcome everyone to another interview. I'm Jacob Estrada. I'll be interviewing Adab Medley, who was a uh, Texas Tech graduate in architecture, and uh, she's a Saudi Arabian student. She came to this country years back to uh, pursue her degree at Virginia Tech, and then she uh, ended up at Texas Tech. It's a very interesting story, so we're going to get the take on that. She's going to share her personal story of uh, how she got here, why she's probably going to go back to Saudi Arabia and uh, really try and change the culture for the better. We'll talk a lot about uh, how architecture actually has a huge impact on uh, the family and women in Saudi Arabia and even the entire culture. So um, this interview is a little bit dated because uh, we did record this back I think in April, and uh, actually maybe even February, I'm not even sure, but but I still wanted to get this to you guys, even if the uh, audio quality is a little bit dated as well. We only had one mic at the time, so we were recording it between us both, um, so you, it's kind of a little bit messy, but uh, I think the conversation that we had was very interesting, and I think you guys will love it, so I'm going to go ahead and put it up here. Let us uh, let me know what you think about it, and uh, hopefully the next uh, upcoming podcast and interviews will be greater quality, and you guys won't have to suffer through it. But just bear with it this time, and uh, let us know what you think. Thank you very much. So I'm here with Adab, and your last name. I don't want to mispronounce it because I know I will. It's Mahdili. Mahdili. Yes. Okay. Adab Mahdili. Yes. Okay. Perfect. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um. So I I contacted you because I wanted to get to know more about you as a person, but more specifically, you had talked about um, being here at Texas Tech, studying architecture and environmental and interior design, and it kind of got me interested in why would you be doing something like that? And you mentioned that you would go back to Saudi Arabia Mm -hmm. um, and try and make some changes there. So before we get into that, I kind of just want to ask, you know, what kind of person are you? You know, where do you come from? in a sense of, you know, you come from a different culture than ours, and um, how has that affected you? Like, I guess, not uh, living not here for a long time and then living here for as long as you have, which I think is about seven years, right? Yes, correct. Um, so I guess just kind of elaborate on, on um, yourself. Well, um, I am Ahdab Mahdili, originally from Saudi Arabia, and um, honestly, if we can jump to that, uh, reason why am I, I am here because the government has these scholarship that starts at 2005 I came here at 2006 and um, I started my journey with education basically this is the first reason I came for is the education well um, if I can talk about myself back in Saudi Arabia I am one of the luckiest people because my family are like a big support even the country itself is so religious and all the perspective that we have in the country is religious perspectives and that's why there is a, like a big separation between men and women but my family are like a, a very open-minded family and that's one of the reason i was pushed to be pursuing my education internationally not only in saudi arabia and you said there was a program where they put aside scholarship funds. And yes. uh, the process, I think, was you had to be accompanied by someone Correct. to go over here first. Can Correct. you elaborate on that? Like, this this was the first initial of the all the scholarships that was open in Saudi Arabia. It was like, if you are a female, you have to be accompanied by a mahram, which is uh, a 
a guardian, a, a male guardian that has to come with you. So first I came with my brother and my uh, father. My brother moved to Michigan to continue his master's degree. I kept on uh, going to Virginia Tech in Virginia with my father. And then then the, the scholarship like were so more flexible with girls. So if your father knows and accept the fact that you'd be living alone, this cultural mission didn't have any problem. So that's where I came here to pursue my PhD and my dad went back to Saudi. And um, your family has to like let you, allow you to go and all that too. Like you kind of yes. have to get like a permission. Yes. And he stayed with you for like six months, didn't he? Oh, in or Virginia, longer? yeah, he stayed the whole time. So it's like it was five years that I spent in Virginia, two years of English. So he was like, because the uh, the American government doesn't like approve something like mahram or guidance, so they would allow him to stay for six months and him like the the tourist visa basically, and he will oh. have to go back to Saudi and then come back. So he stayed with me between nine months every year. Like was he at all like reluctant to let you no, stay? No, he he kind of he kind of really trusts me and he knows like what I'll be doing, so he believes in me that I'll be doing. That's a big thing. move. You know, it's saying one thing to move from yeah state to state, but you're still in the same country, you know? So that's got to be crazy. Yeah. Um, but you went to West Virginia? Virginia. First, Virginia. Yeah. And what did you study there? Architecture. Architecture. And you yes. got a master's? Yes, a master in architecture from Virginia Tech. And it was like three years and a half because my bachelor degree was in French translation. So it was completely not related to architecture, so... Why did you do a French translation? That's I love kind of... the language. Oh, really? I love the country. I love, I love the, the language, basically. So do you speak French? Not can? as fluent as English, but I do. Yeah. That's cool. And then once you graduated uh, with architecture degree, yeah. you went back to Saudi Arabia, yes. right? For three months? Yes, and I was interned, uh, interning in an architecture f- firm in Saudi Arabia for uh, two months. And then I got accepted here, and then I came. And can you describe your experience when you went back, what that, yeah, what that was like? Because I know that's was, kind of the turning point yeah, a little it, bit for you. It honestly was, yeah. It was a turning point because, like, I noticed what they're doing with architecture is completely different than I, what I was studying. What they did is, like, they, the uh, client would come and then they would explain what they want in their house and then the architect would go and... Uh, and design it and first of all architecture was only for rich people so not anyone can go and like just approach an architect uh, an architectural firm and just have that so it was really expensive super expensive and the houses were huge Mm -hmm. and doesn't make any sense so I was like so confused that like what whatever you studied in school you're not applying you're doing whatever the client is wanting from you and mm-hmm. that doesn't doesn't make sense to me so yeah that seems like once you get out of college because you're like now i get to kind of call the shots yeah. but that's kind of what inspires a lot of people to open up their own business which i mean that's why there's so many businesses in america because everybody wants to be their own boss you know so that's that's uh, interesting because i've always i felt the same way even in college still i haven't graduated yet yeah. But getting out of it, it's kind of like, you know, I kind of want to be my own boss. You know, I kind of don't want people or even clients to kind of make me do something I don't want to do. Or, you know, I want to introduce my own ideas. Yeah, I think the main, the basic the basic thing is uh, having your own ideas and just wanting them to be 
available to people that you think will change their lives. I'm assuming you did try when you were there as much as you could be a part of the process, but they wouldn't let you because you're a woman, right? As as far as architecture goes. That that was one of the big problems as well. Like they wouldn't trust that you have an insight in architecture. In Saudi Arabia, it's a very uh, male-dominant uh, field, and mm-hmm. uh, you cannot you cannot approach architecture like. Even in schools, they don't teach architecture yet. They teach interior design. And for guys' school or universities, they don't teach interior design. So it's like basically this is for female and this is for male. You cannot approach that. And they have all their all the universities are segregated they gender-wise. Do. They are, yes. And you're, you were saying that the uh, religious, I guess you, your uh, superiors, are the ones that kind of make those decisions about laws and things like that regarding schools and whatnot. Is that correct? Uh, the religion, yeah. The why they have the separation is because of the religion or their understanding of the religion. So they just decided that they don't want to have uh, mixed schools because of the religion. It's like preventing something that can start a whole a whole new chapter, and the country doesn't want that. Um, has it always been like that? Yes. I think as long as you can remember, I guess. Yes. Uh, it was like that. Actually, schools for girls didn't start until 1973. No, 1973 was the discovery of the oil. And then 20 years after, schools for girls started to show up. So it's until 1956, around that time. Wow. So it's pretty new. Yeah, it's pretty new. Yeah. So you um, come to Texas Tech mm-hmm. after that. And you get into the environmental and interior design master's mm-hmm. uh, program the, i got into the phd program phd and, program yeah and since i finished all the classes with the master i got a master in that department as well while continuing my phd oh okay so that's a lot of that's a busy time for you i'm assuming it, I, I mean it still is it is um but you're coming close to the end now yes uh how much time do you have left or you just have your dissertation i just passed my qualifying exam so i have to i'm a phd candidate right now so I have to work on my dissertation until I finish it. You have a lot of stuff leading up to this degree. What are you going to do with it? Why is it important? First of all, and it's this is sarcastic because I need to assure people that I know what I'm talking about. People in Saudi Arabia need to believe or trust that person. And degrees means that you've studied a lot. You spend so many times learning this stuff. So if you are a doctor, have a doctoral degree in certain field, that means like you've been a lot. So that would give them the trust in me. That is first of all. Second, I know that architecture in Saudi Arabia is not helping the people. And the environmental interior design actually is studying the behavior, the cognition, and all the psychological part of the person. And how is the environment affecting that people, that person living in that environment? So I know that everything in Saudi Arabia is not helping the well-being of the of the people living in that environment. So I need to do something about that. Um, you were talking about the house being really kind of where the problem lies as yeah. far as uh, women in Saudi Arabia being oppressed. So uh, basically that's the topic of my dissertation and it's um, honestly focusing on the house design because I believe that all the behavior and the deep psychological thinking that anyone is raised with comes from the house and how the parents are interacting with each other. So in Saudi Arabia, because 
women or men, there are that subconscious superiority to men, and they think it's because of the religion, which is completely wrong. But that is reflected in the house. So even the house design is not helping the woman to be in power or to be in control of the environment itself. So the father would be living in his own place and the mom would be like working and then taking care in the kitchen, which is like very separated from the living room or where the activity of the house. Is a two-story house usually? Is that normal? And the bottom floor is a all um official formal formal living room with dining room and then the kitchen and then the the second floor would be living room and the rooms of the kids or the whole family and bedrooms the man doesn't live there he does but like he would be working all the time and that's a typical scenario he'd be like working all the day and then during the night he wants to hang out with his friends so he's not involved whatsoever with the family activities. I believe that activities in the house would bring the family members together. So like if you're not doing or like even seeing your mom cooking and just helping her with whatever, like it doesn't, it's detachment for me. And um, they have maids, everybody has maids too. They so do. that only adds to it, I'm assuming, as yes. far as um, relying on someone else to kind of be that figure yeah so the main yeah so the main would be the maid would be in the third floor which is like would be half of the house and then the laundry room all all the activities that the maid would do would be like in the third floor so all of this sounds pretty luxurious and you were saying that or you had said that luxury was a big problem or a one of the big problems about how women are viewed and how women view themselves and what does that have to do with the house? What do you think? What's the correlation? I think that, yeah, it is kind of a luxury, but this is the perception of it. Because honestly, if the house is designed well, we don't need the, ma- the maids anymore. And the maids are uh, being a big problem in the society right now because of uh, economic issues. It's not cheap to have a maid in, in the house. And because of the house design, you have to. It's not a luxury anymore. Like everyone, because of these huge houses and because of the design, the layout of all the places that's connected in the house, you cannot be able to take care of the house by yourself. You need that help. So it's not a luxury anymore in Saudi Arabia to have a maid. The luxury would be having three maids. And that's in some in with where right. some families they do have that, but like to have at least one maid is a must, because of the house design, and that's why I want the woman to realize that problem and just make sure that their house design is sufficient in a way that they can take care of it without the help. If you want that help, you can have it for two hours during the week or something. But she does not have to be living with you. 24-7. Why do you think that's important for women in Saudi Arabia? Why is that important to you that they kind of have that realization or even that they make those small changes? Because it sounds fine to me because it doesn't sound terrible, but you are foreshadowing that there is something wrong with it. Yeah, and that, that would lead us to all the psychological effect of what's going on inside the house. Like if you have small stress stressors and stress factors in the house, like having that not taken care of like not taken care of because i need a maid or like because 
the house is too big for me to take care of, that would add to the stress that I'm doing all the job by myself. My kids are not helping because they are not used to, they are so, too spoiled, and my husband is not even here. So like that would add to the stress and to the depression that woman would have, and that would lead to withdrawal from the society. And when you are withdrawal from the society, you don't want to change anything. Whatever the society is bringing to you, you're okay with it. And that's what's happening right now. If you realize that you can do more, you can change. And we need a change, like everyone needs a change. But we don't realize that we need a change because of all that psychological effect that we are adapting to the environment we have. So where did this view come from? Where did you develop this idea? Was it coming to America? Yes. I think that you had mentioned that yeah. that played a big part. Yes, definitely. Because I saw my friends who are living here with their kids. They go to school, full-time school. Uh, they are PhD and master, doing their PhD and master's. And they function very well. Very well. Their en- energy is so high and they take care of their kids. Their husbands are loving the family and participating more with the family activities. And the house is too small, not even like as big as the houses in Saudi Arabia. And they have social life in the weekends. They go out with us. They take their kids to play. And just like I have the the attachment between the family members that I wanted to be having. And the only difference is the house, honestly. This is the way that I see it because they are... If you know that Saudi people, they don't socialize that much with Americans or like they would have their kind of uh, community like everyone. So the community did not change that much to them. The house is the major element that changed. Is that what kind of your main point in this that you're seeing that women over here are slightly happier, if not more so uh, than they would be in Saudi Arabia because they have this newfound freedom Yes, I feel that since they experienced something different here, made them happier, they need to go back and make that change as soon as possible because like, you don't want to go back to whatever the situation in Saudi Arabia is and just get adopted to it again and again and again. It's just like going step back instead of going step to the front. So I want them to be able to see that and go ask for the change. You know, I, I see our culture and I see women in our culture and I almost see the exact same problem, except that I don't, I, it might even be that our problem um, is also in the house with how people are raised because, um, especially at tech, there are so many, um, I would say, fortunate students. I mean, that's clear. I would, I would say that. But I've asked plenty of times, you know, what is it that you're doing? And a lot of them don't really know. And I'd kind of asked you what you see from a foreign student's perspective. I think freedom is the problem, honestly. I think that the uh, the thing that is pushing us in Saudi Arabia is less freedom. And that's driving us to make a change. The thing that's happening with the American students is the opposite. They have too much freedom that they're not doing anything. Freedom is a, is a powerful concept. And I think I am trying to give women more freedom through my education and what I want to do with my architecture and interior design studies. American students, they have everything they want. And that's why they're not doing anything. This is what I believe. What do you mean by too much freedom here? Like, you do, should we have less freedom to do what we want? Maybe, not less fre- freedom, but like, there should be some guidance because like, 
here since you are like if you are 18 you can do so many things and until 18 and some some somewhere in the early 20 the person is still a kid like everything is not developed and and I'm talking about the brain and I'm talking about the psychological way of thinking the cognition it's not developed yet so you cannot give the person that freedom at that young age yet and this is what they're having so like if you wasted that part of your brain development at doing stuff that not necessarily so interesting or like meaningful you would be lost or like maybe to find the way back would take you a lot of time like i've been to virginia and here in texas and they are completely different different culture like i see the the people of texas are more conservative and they have some limitation which is really nice people in virginia they don't have any limitation whatsoever so like and even like their goals and achievement would be so personal. But here, like I've noticed that the family, the culture, the religion means more to the person other than whatever is going on in Virginia. These these meaning these meaningful stuff that the people here in Texas have are not less freedom, but they are limitation or like kind of a guidance. So that just they more have. of like a um, sense of responsibility or a sense of. Like, even though I have all this stuff, I don't necessarily have to abuse it or or use all of it. Yeah. Or, uh, you know what I mean? But, like, a but ca- personal can, responsibility yeah, but and how accountability. Can you, how can you know or, like, um, develop that sense of responsibility if you don't have limitation from an early age? And that's what I mean by, like... So you mean being raised, like, a parent limitation? Definitely, or, definitely. Or, the parents are everything. Definitely. And, if, like, if the parents... I would agree with that. Yeah. But still, it's our personal decision, kind of how we eventually have to decide whether you're going to be okay being the way that you are, or are you going to be different? I, you know, I believe everybody has that choice yep. at one point or another, which you had kind of discussed what your tragedy was, that yeah. kind of... Yeah, definitely. What was that again? My mom having to deal every month with a new maid, because she would spend like 10,000 real on one maid, and then... She would spend two months and then she would escape from the house. And she does not know where she went or anything to control her. And she needs that help in the house. So she would go through the process again of spending that much of money to get a new maid. And then she will escape. So that process drove me crazy. And it's a, it's a, it's a real tragedy. And you were saying that you were telling, trying to tell her you don't need that stuff. You know, you don't Definitely. need that to make you happy. You, yeah. you can do all that stuff yourself, more that, or less. Yeah. And, I can see that. And you can have money. You can be spoiling yourself. But, like, if it means something to you, like, it doesn't have to be, like, on bags or cars or, like, big houses that you cannot take care of because how huge the house is and stuff like that. And expensive furniture that would be closed the whole year except for, like, five visits maybe in the whole year like this is this would be like the first floor in a saudi house that it would be closed until a big event like a celebration or something and then they would open it so it would be like maximum 10 times a year which is a waste yeah yeah and it would be the most expensive furniture the most expensive artwork the most expensive accessories everything is so expensive but it's closed so uh, what, what would your version of a Saudi Arabian house look like? How would you kind of see it? It's uh, basically not like a typical modern house, but the idea of an open concept would be there. 
my designs always um, involve a garden which would be the center of the house so basically that is like taking the design back to the courtyard where like the garden is the center of the house the center of activity because i've studied so much about how the greenery and how greens affect the uh, well-being of the person so my house will always evolve around a garden so i appreciate you coming and doing this interview Thank and you talking for to me, me of course yeah. and talking about sure. what you want to do in Saudi Arabia and um Thank you and, so much. And um, thank you for talking to us I about this. I appreciate the time. Thank of you course. so much.